0: we What's up, everybody? It's the Power Rankings Podcast, a.k.a. The Power Rankings Show. I'm your host, Elliot Harrison, and I am pleased to be joined on this uh, lovely Thursday, beautiful Thursday in Dallas, Texas. uh, But Marcus underscore Mosher. Short, Short little pause there. Baby pause. And I just lost your audio, so... I don't know that, what's up with there That's because are. I muted myself. I, how I was you doing like, today? what? I'm, I'm like looking at my thing. Yeah, I'm we're like, good. How I, way to go. Oh, how's I it I kind of like you better like that. Um, oh, wow. I, I'm good. I'm good. We were a uh, lot, lot to get to today. Uh, first of all, we had picks. So, of course, yeah, we, we got the divisional round, the super divisional round. Please, NFL, don't. If anyone in the NFL listens to this podcast, Don't even let that become like a thing. Uh, We were talking about 80s movies. I think we have a mini power ranking within the power rankings. We're big fans of that. Uh, So I think we've got one coming from Marcus uh, at the end of the podcast. Um, Besides that, Marcus and I had a pretty good talk on the phone about some coaching moves and also about uh, something that might win in the NFL, even in this era. So I want to start with some of your coaching takes because we've had some coordinator news uh in the past few days.
1: Yeah, we have, I believe, 10 openings for offensive coordinators around the league right now, which is kind of unheard of. Have you ever do you ever remember a year where we had so many offensive coordinator jobs uh up for grabs? We had a couple guys get fired today. Uh Greg Roman out in Baltimore, kind of saw that one coming. Byron Lefwich in Tampa Bay. That one's been rumored for weeks now, both official today. Uh which one's more
0: surprising to you? Well, I think I think for a lot of people it's gonna be Leftwich because anytime you watch a Bucks game, you always see Brady and Leftwich like embracing after you know, they make a big drive at the end of the game. You see Leftwich walk out on the field and go over every he seems to be a very involved coordinator with his quarterback. And I think um I think that part of it surprises me a little bit. A lot of people were talking about Byron Lefwich as a head coaching possibility, and perhaps he withdrew his name.
1: Could, yeah, he withdrew his name from the Jacksonville
0: search last year. Like he, they offered him the job, and he said no. And so I think that one's going to be a little bit. And plus, in an era in which you know we're we're having a hard time, the NFL is. You know that despite the efforts of the Rooney Rule and whatever, we still don't really have enough minority head coaches and so when you see a coordinator get fired that was rumored to be a guy that would help bolster that and people thought uh could be a good head coach in this league i think it's um yeah i think that one would be more surprising who gets a job
1: faster because i gotta believe that greg roman gets a job pretty quickly
0: yeah i i think you're right on that um And let me just circle back and say that with Byron Lefwich, it's not that I didn't think he was deserving and that he should only be a head coach because of the Rooney rules failures. It's more that I'm saying that he was a guy that was looked at as kind of one of the next head coaches that was going to get hired. And given that we've already had so much uh, trouble, I say we, it's not up to you and I, NFL owners have not been hiring enough minority head coaches. It's really surprising to not only have Byron Lefwich drop out voluntarily last year of the head coaching search for Jacksonville, but also uh, now not retain his job as offensive coordinator with the Bucks. I don't know what more is going What What do you think was going on there? Do you think it was just poor season or something else? I, d- I just wonder if it's a
1: different philosophy and fit than what Todd Bowles ro- wanted. Because remember, when Bowles took over this job, he basically inherited Bruce Arians' staff. This didn't happen until – Later on in the coaching process, so if you're going to keep Bowles as your head coach, you kind of have to let him build his staff, right? And this wasn't his staff, so might just have been a bad fit. I think Byron will catch on. I wouldn't be surprised if he's somebody else's offensive coordinator this year. I think he's going to be fine. Uh,
0: m- me either. You know, he's he's still a young guy. He's in his uh, really early forties. Um, you know, and. I think that he's one of those guys that's in the pipeline that that it's been discussed a lot because the old excuse, uh, and I'm calling it an excuse for not having more minority head coaches, was well, there's not a pipeline. Well, you know, he's part of that pipeline, and I think he's proven himself in the league. We're also talking about a former NFL quarterback. Yeah, uh, I might add. I always found it weird that Byron Leftwich actually started a playoff game against Tom Brady, the 2005. Wild card. I, I remember that game because Willie McGinnis had like four and a half sacks or something in that game. I don't know if you remember this game at all. I do. Was, I think it was the 05. I think it was the week before the Patriots played the Broncos and Ben Watson caught Champ Bailey from behind. Do you remember that? I um, do. Yeah. But um, not
1: my favorite Jags playoff win from the 2000s. Oh, so David Garrard yeah. against Pittsburgh, much better.
0: Yeah, uh, I think you're right. I think he'll catch on somewhere. And again, Byron Lefkowitz, uh, a deserving guy. Just in the talking about Greg Roman, because Greg Roman uh, was there with the 49ers, right, in 2011. Mm-hmm. When they were using Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick's legs a lot, and, and one of the things, we talked about the Giants a lot, and I don't want to make this a Giants podcast, but just using the Giants as the poster child for this, I was telling Marcus on the phone that I really think the Giants have – an interesting blueprint for how you can win in the NFL, but don't think of it just in terms of the Giants. But if you have a quarterback who can run and you can call designed runs and you have a good running back, not just a running back by committee, but a running back that can really benefit off the defense having to play 11 on 11. And the example I used with Marcus was Alfred Morris in RG three back in 2012. Um, didn't Alvin Morris have like 1,500 yards yeah. that year or something? Walkers, wasn't it? Yeah. So, And and on top of that, you have a really good interior defensive line with a good pass rusher. As long as you can make your kicks and you don't have a horrible punter because you're going to be playing a lot of field position, you can beat anybody. Yeah. You don't need a great secondary. You don't need great wide receivers. A, a decent offensive line helps. But just having those things – can help you control games. And lastly, the, the one thing I thought the Giants could really use is that blocking tight end that also is devastating in the pass game. I threw out George Kittle. I thought the name you threw out was interesting. David Njoku. Uh, so
1: let me ask you this. Which team that doesn't have a coach right now, or maybe that does have a coach, is best in position next year to kind of make that leap? Because there is, there's somebody in mind for me that I think could do it you know, make a, a Giants-like leap. A head coach? Well, I'm just saying a team, right? Because okay. I'll, I'll give it to you. Like, I don't understand why the Colts didn't hire Jim Harbaugh, bring in Greg Roman, who was the offensive coordinator with the 49ers <laughs> when Harbaugh was there, bring in Vic Fangio, who was the defensive coordinator back in with the 49ers, and then sign somebody like Daniel Jones, who's a free agent, or draft somebody like that, You've already got a great running back. You've got a good offensive line. You've got a really good front four. Why couldn't you replicate that style in Indianapolis?
0: I think you could. I'm going to cheat on this question. And I'm going to give you another team. If their starting quarterback falters and he didn't play well at the end of this season. Now, this is probably never going to happen because they will go. They'd have to go one in seven with this quarterback before they would bench him. But If the Browns were still playing Jacoby Brissett with Nick Chubb in the backfield and that offensive line that has some good players on it, including one that was named first-team All-Pro, a defense that's talented that played a little bit better at the back end of the season, couldn't they play that style of ball? Bully ball, as some people like to
1: call it. I think they tried to, but the defense just couldn't hold up. And that was the problem in the first half of the year. The defense was so bad. It did get better as the year went on, which we should also mention that. They hired Jim Schwartz uh, to be their defensive coordinator. Yeah, uh, early this week, and I absolutely love that. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns try to do more of that style of football next year.
0: I um, just going back real quick to Leftwich because we both think he's deserving of the of job, and I, you know, again, that one surprised me more than Roman. Any possible destination you could see him going? Hmm. It's I would, tough, I know, without looking I, I, at all I, the teams in front of you. I wouldn't be
1: surprised if he gets hired to be an offensive coordinator with a defensive-minded head coach. For example, let's say D'Amico Ryans, who's the 49ers defensive uh, coordinator, takes the Arizona job and he mm-hmm. wants somebody young to help build the offense. I think that's where Byron can make a lot of sense.
0: Well, speaking of the Rooney Rail, Rooney rule or its failings, if D'Amico Ryans doesn't get a job, dude... I. I am. I think the only know, way D'Amico doesn't get a job is if he just doesn't like any
1: of the openings. There's just no way that he he yes. doesn't get offered multiple jobs
0: during the cycle. And if he doesn't, there's something. Well, there already is something wrong, but like it's yeah. ten times worse because that guy. We talked about being a good player in the league, uh, leadership, the way people talk about him, the way that team played out of its mind mm-hmm. this year. Um, you know, really, the bad—the only bad game that defense had was against the Raiders. Um, and then before that, I would say the last bad game that team had was against Atlanta when all their guys were hurt. But, but
1: really quickly, if you're D'Amico Ryans and you're looking at the coaching jobs that are open, right? Carolina, Houston, Arizona, Indianapolis, and I'm forgetting one more. What's the other one? Denver. Yeah, Denver. Which of those jobs is the most
0: appealing? Because I would almost say you're, you might be better off just waiting a year and seeing what else pops up. That's exactly – it's kind of like you give betting advice and you say, hey, man, just you don't need to bet on this game. Walk away from Steelers-Panthers. You, you really don't need to bet on this game. Yeah.
1: I will um, say Denver is the one that I would be interested in because the pieces are already there for them to have an awesome defense. And if you can get the right offensive coordinator, and maybe it is Byron, I think that team could get, be back to being – respectable quicker than some of the other franchises
0: oh i agree with you and not to mention if you want to find out if the star quarterback accepted your friend request you don't need to go down to the locker room you just go to his office right yeah, right see, around his well, office hours you got to make sure uh, you find oh that was uh yeah come on come on uh, all right uh i want to get into picks but i'm just telling you right now i want you to be prepared because after we do these four games we're not only going to do your mini power rankings but we're pulling a football card at the no. end of this podcast it's been too no. long. Uh but let's get started with the games. What do we got first? Saturday morning. Well, Saturday
1: afternoon. afternoon for me. Excuse Fine. me. Excuse uh me. we got yeah. Jacksonville at Kansas City. The Chiefs are eight and
0: a half point favorites here at home. Mm. I don't know why I'm reacting that way, because I probably would have predicted nine and a half. But are you comfortable laying your money on Kansas City to cover that? That's my first question. Really comfortable. Yes uh kansas
1: city historically has been really good in that first home game of the playoffs they blew out pittsburgh last year the offense is healthy and rested i'll take the chiefs to win and cover
0: yeah i i never nothing ever happened to them like you know having a bill o'brien's texans team come in there and go up 24 nothing i've never seen anything the good
1: thing is they also covered in that game so it was fine (laughs) yeah (laughs) um one by double digits
0: Let's talk total on this game. I think the total on this, yeah, this game earlier this year was not that high scoring. No, it wasn't. Um, I think this one has much more potential to be a fifty-plus game. Uh, I know Vegas has been very conservative on the totals this year, as compared to last year when they were people were getting going. Anyone who was going under in twenty twenty one was winning. um, I, it's got to be minimum forty eight and a half. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go forty nine and a half. So this is the highest of the weekend, 53. I'm surprised by that. I think that's actually a really good total. I was trying to predict what I thought Vegas was going to mm-hmm. do. Haven't you noticed how conservative they've been with the high totals this year? It's just a lot of points, but
1: Kansas City does score a lot of points at home. And I think what they're afraid of is, what if Kansas City jumps out to a 30-7 to lead and Jacksonville's just putting up a bunch of garbage time points? That could certainly happen. I would be inclined to stay away from that one.
0: Yeah, I, I actually think 53 is a great number. Again, I was trying to predict Vegas, but when I think of the score of this game, it's right around there. I think I'd be more inclined if you... Ha- I don't want to bet on this game. It's too it's too hard. Uh, but I would be more inclined to take Jacksonville to cover than I would Kansas City right now. Uh, I'm going to have to think about that, this okay. one. We'll come back to that one. I think it's uh, a walk away from me. Go Saturday, ahead.
1: Saturday night. At Lincoln Financial Field, Giants at Eagles. Eagles seven and a half point favorites. It's come down a little bit as the week goes on, uh, but Eagles still favored by more than a touchdown.
0: I think that's fair. If this had been wh- where was it? Did you see where it was? Yeah, early? it was at nine and a half on Monday. I think I would have taken the Giants at that high. I don't. I don't know about you, um, but at seven and a half, I don't know if that's high enough for me to take the Giants with confidence. That said, I don't think this is going to be a, a, a barn burner of a game. Um, I, I see this game being like 24-21, 24-22, something like that. I think the Giants' offense will show up. Um, let's talk total on this. 48. That's a pretty good total. <laughs> that's 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 pretty good. It's not, not a big enough difference there. I would definitely be inclined to take the under on that as opposed uh, to the over, yeah. but... Yeah. Um, I
1: I think this is the it, game that the Giants offense just doesn't look very good that the Eagles apply a lot of heat with their pass rush. I'll be surprised if the Giants score more than 20 points in this game. I'll be surprised.
0: You might be right you might be right and Philadelphia has a really good offensive line uh, but again uh, that interior pressure if it if it gets there it's yeah, that's different. That's a different kind of pressure. We talked about it. It might make things a little harder on Jalen Hurts, who hasn't played a whole heck of a lot. Yeah. You know, he played this one game against the Giants backups. By the way, the Eagles didn't look good in that game, right? Nope. And then they have a week off. So the Eagles, you You mentioned this in our last podcast, they might come out a little flat. They could. You know, so maybe they get down 10 to three at halftime or something like that and win in the second half. Um, you taking the Eagles to cover here?
1: Yeah, I think they blow bother you at all. Uh, no, cuz I think they blow out the Giants. I think we get like a 30 to 13 type of game here. Uh, it's similar to what we saw in the first matchup where the talent for the Eagles just takes over. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a sloppy first quarter and it's 0-0 but all of a sudden AJ Brown catches two touchdowns or whatever. But I am taking the Eagles to win and cover.
0: Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you too much. I disagree that it might be 30 to 13, but even if the Eagles are up 10, I don't know how good the Giants passing game is to get an easy garbage time touchdown, uh, which is how you always lose on those spreads, right? So I'll I'll take the Eagles to cover on this. Stay away from the total for me. All right.
1: Sunday afternoon, 3 p.m. Eastern time. I love these weird starts. Uh, Bengals at Bills. Bills, five and a half
0: point favorites at home. I think that's fair. Um, I didn't like the way the Bills played. Uh, against Miami at times, but Cincinnati to me actually looked worse against Baltimore. I actually think Baltimore played a better game. Now Cincinnati's going on the road and their offense, uh, you know, also what's the weather for this game? You know, Uh,
1: supposed to be a little snowy, maybe, maybe like an inch of snow, not a lot of wind. So that's
0: good, but it's going to be cold. I like Buffalo by seven here. I'm going to take Buffalo to cover.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm taking Buffalo as well. I think, with the state of the offensive line for the Bengals, they're missing their left tackle, the right guard, the right tackle. Burrow's going to have to get rid of the ball quick and throw the ball in the middle of the field. The Bills have two of the best coverage linebackers in the league, so it's going to be really hard for them to kind of dink and dunk down the field. I, I think the Bills, I think the Bills take care of business here, and uh, they'll face the Chiefs next
0: week. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I mean, the recipe to me for the Bengals to win this game is actually not to have Joe Burrow throw the ball 55 times. Just to run I, the
1: crap out of the ball, isn't it? it
0: yes. Use, use P. Ryan, use Mixon, hammer the inside of that Bills defense and make Matt Milano, who's making plays all over the field right now, make him consistently have to stop the run, then yeah. uh, use that kind of old school, I guess, to open yep. up the passing game. Uh, that's, yep. that's what I'm thinking. All right. Big one. Cowboys at 49ers,
1: 6.30 Eastern time at Levi Stadium. 49ers. Now, this line has moved a ton throughout the week, but it's settled at 49ers minus four.
0: 49ers winning cover on this. Um, Could I see the 49ers winning by just a field goal? Absolutely, I could. The problem is, who's the more consistent team? And I think there's no question on that right now. 49ers, yeah. Yes, and so if you're laying your money, um, I think it's safer to go the 49ers over than the Cowboys to cover. I'm not saying that I think the Cowboys are going to get blown away here. I'm not. I could see the Cowboys making it really interesting, and if Maher makes his kicks, or you know, uh, whoever their <laughs> whoever Maher. the other guy was that they brought in, you know, I I you know maybe a sixty-something-year-old Mark Mosley, um, but a former MVP. I, Yes, former 1982 MVP, very fun playoffs. Um, by the way, he was MVP that year. He only really missed one kick, but in the playoffs, he missed half of his field goals. Really weird. Um, but never trust kickers. It's just the, my philosophy in life. I, to be honest, if this game is on the line, I trust Robbie Gold yeah, in the postseason. I, I do. Boy, I big do. kick last year. How come he doesn't get the love like Adam Vinatieri does? He made the game-winning field goal in the snow against Green Bay last year.
1: He also made the game-winning field goal against the, the Packers on uh, the, the other game, not not last year's game, but the other game where they beat him. Uh, it was close. Yeah, he makes a lot of big kicks.
0: Um, yeah, I like Dallas. I mean, I like the 49ers to win and cover. First of all, let's just talk about that. What are you thinking about this spread? Feels about right to me. I, I think it
1: started this week at four and a half, five. It got bet all the way down to three. And that kind of creep back up to four. I think four is the right number. I think on a neutral field, the 49ers are slightly better than the Cowboys playing at home after you know having two days of rest advantage. I I do think the 49ers will win. I think they're gonna win like a twenty-seven to twenty-one type of game where it's close all the way through. Um but I don't see I don't see the Cowboys getting blown out just like I don't see the Cowboys blowing out the 49ers either.
0: I think a really key matchup in this game is the Cowboys running backs versus the 49ers linebackers. You know Kellen Moore's going to want to run the ball. Um first of all, does Ezekiel Elliott have juice for this game? You know, he wore down at the end of the year, something you've documented probably too much. Um and then you got Tony Pollard, right? But Greenlaw and Warner is as good as Mm off-the-ball linebacker tandem as, honestly, even as the Bills, Marcus, even as the Bills. Um, And that matchup is huge because if you can take some pressure off Dak and the offensive line pass pros like it did against Tampa, Dak's going to make the throws. Mm -hmm. Um, If they start pressuring Dak and we need Dak's mobility to be the 2018 Dak, it's not there, Um, you know, unfortunately whereas on the other side i think purdy does have that kind of mobility he may not run but the cowboys i think with purdy on the flip side are going to have to get him on the ground in this I game
1: i agree they're going to have to be able to pressure them with with their front four as well like if they're if they're blitzing purdy and he's able to step back and make throws the cowboys have no chance but if they can win with their front four and make him feel uh, a little panicked back there i think they'll have a chance but yeah i like the 49ers of winning
0: cover Another, just one more little thought on this game. Another matchup that I'm going to be looking at is who's covering IUK? Because you could talk about Debo and Kittle. Uh, I thought LVE played a really good game Mm -hmm. uh, last week, getting depth, making plays. But who's the corner that's covering IUK? Are you running zone almost the whole game? Because that, to me, could be a big mismatch. And he's a little bit of the forgotten guy in that offense.
1: You'll see a lot of man and zone. I I don't think Dan Quinn's going to stay with one certain style of defense, but yeah, the Cowboys don't have the corners to match up with that's what I mean. The 49ers receivers, and if those guys are getting the ball in space with some room to run,
0: they're going to win this game. And, And we've said, you know, Diggs had a great year last year in terms of picks, but he was actually a better, complete player this year. But he's not the most physical guy.
1: No, he needs to tackle. Like if Dallas wasn't yeah. any chance, he's, he, yeah. he did not tackle well against Tampa. He's going to have to play a lot better.
0: Thank goodness he's not going up against a physical receiver with huge thighs in this game. Yes. Sorry, that sounded awkward. <laughs> it's all right. it's fun. <laughs> you know what I meant. Uh, can I circle back on a game here? Sure. Uh, by the way, uh, we didn't talk total on Niners-Cowboys. What do you got? Uh, 46, lowest of the weekend. Again, that's that feels pretty close to right, doesn't it? Like, what, What's
1: weird about the Cowboys and 49ers, these are the number one and number two DVOA defenses in the league. But all, both offenses could put up 35 points in any single game, right? So that's why yes. it makes this one really tough to bet on.
0: Will you define DVOA defenses for our listeners? Not everybody is down with football acronyms from football outsiders like you are. It's basically just like adjusted uh, production for these defenses waiting your
1: opponent game script all that kind of stuff how's that that's
0: a terrible definition i don't want uh, to get
1: way too nerdy it's basically just yeah. to get stats for people that have no lives
0: and just live on <laughs> microsoft excel <laughs> not that you know anyone like that that would have been a great time for you to sip your coffee and put on your those yellow anti-glare glasses you have for when you're doing like serious excel work <laughs> they are yes yes yeah. Yes. Where's your
1: bills mug, bro? Oh, it's downstairs. I let my mother-in-law use it last night. So.
0: All right, let's circle back to a game here. We didn't talk too much, uh, strategy on, uh, chiefs, jacks. Just how do you see this game playing out? We just talked about the betting angle and, and not really the on the field stuff. Do you think Trevor Lawrence is going to hold his own against a defense that admittedly is not the best? Or do you think the might get the big game? Yips. What are you thinking?
1: Uh, I going into this week, I thought, you know what, I think Trevor Lawrence can kind of go toe-to-toe with Mahomes. And then he said in a pre- press conference on Wednesday, I can't imagine Arrowhead being any louder than what Jacksonville was last week. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, or no, boy. Trevor. Oh, you have no idea what you're in for. It is going to be so loud uh, for that game. So I think Lawrence will be fine, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see some drives that are pretty shaky. And against Kansas City, you just can't
0: go a quarter without scoring points because they could put it on you so fast. I mean, bro, the guy that you saw in the pool at the end of the Jacksonville stadium with the tribal armband tattoo, throwing his kid up in the air, that guy, (laughs) let me, let me just tell you that guy is uh, wearing a Derek Thomas Jersey, screaming his head off uh, at Arrowhead this weekend. Yeah. I'm I'm not with you there. Uh, What's the answer to Kelsey. That's what I want to know from the Jack's defense. Who's covering Kelsey. Um, I think i put Tyson Campbell, their uh, Pro Bowl corner on him. He's big,
1: physical. Maybe try to uh, jam him at the line of scrimmage. That's probably yeah. the only answer they
0: have. This is probably a juju Jarek McKinnon game. I think it's uh, definitely and, a McKinnon game, right? McKinnon's yeah. probably going to have to catch eight passes. Well, he, Marcus doesn't even like former Steelers. Just the other day, he was bad-mouthing Lima Swede to me. I'm like, bro, he hasn't played in 10 years. No, Juju's had a really nice year. We should give Juju yeah. some credit. because I, I did think- before the year, and you told me I uh, oversold it. I said, I think Juju's going to catch 70, 80 balls, have like 1,100 yards. I yes. don't know what his final numbers were, but I bet all you they're right. around there.
1: Do we have to fact check it right now to see what he did? Yeah,
0: yeah, we do. Let's see okay. if Elliot like was right. I said like uh, 80 balls, 1,100 yards, seven touchdowns.
1: Uh, he had 78 receptions. Good call. Mm-hmm. 933 yards, three touchdowns. Okay. Not bad. But still, right. hey, that was a really good year. They they needed somebody they else. Needed. They, they needed somebody else in the middle of the field to make a bunch of key catches, and he did. He really filled the role
0: that they couldn't get from Sammy Watkins, Correct. honestly. Um, yes. He didn't fill the Tyreek Hill role. That, that They didn't run that kind of deal this year. They didn't. I mean, how do you do that? You uh, Hardman's your closest thing you could do that with, and he was hurt. Um, okay, so those are our four games. What is your most – Which what's, what's the one that you're like, okay, if you're laying your money down, I feel the most confident about X?
1: Uh, Eagles, Giants, just because I think the, the talent differential – is so massive compared to the other three games, right? Like, we think the 49ers are the best team in the league, but the Cowboys are really talented. Same with Bills and Bengals. Those both teams are awesome. We love what Brian Dable has done, but, man, you can go player by player. It's just it's just not close. So I'll take the Eagles to win by seven and a half.
0: I'm going to go with you on this, but I want to say you, you mentioned that the 49ers-Cowboys got down to three like yesterday or something. Yeah. If you get 49ers uh as three point favorites, take, take, take that it. all day because even if they win by three, it's a push. Yeah. Like I there's agree. no reason not to take that. Uh if you can get that. Yep. Um okay. I I um I like I like it. So what let's review our picks. What do we do?
1: All right. So Jacksonville, Kansas City, we both like the Chiefs to win. I like the Chiefs to cover. You're a little bit more uh tepid about that, right? Tepid. At least I'm not malleable. Keep going. <laughs> Giants Eagles, I like the Eagles to to win and cover and you are on that as well. Although you think the Giants yeah. are going to make it closer than I do. I think we're going to see a Philly blowout. I think you think it's going to be like a like a two-score game kind of all yeah. the way through. You got it. Two uh, two-score game. Yep. Bengals at Bills, we both like the Bills to win and cover. Cowboys yep. at 49ers, we both like the the game to be close but the 49ers to ultimately win and cover. You know,
0: interesting enough i i have a sneaky suspicion the cowboys niners is going to go a slight bit over that 46 point total but i think all the totals were really well done this week and i always try to give you guys a total uh but i only have four games to choose from here you know and also bear in mind this is the i think the danger in betting on playoff games vegas has a whole season of data plus a week of playoffs to know what these teams are and only four games to focus on right yeah so
1: yeah it, it's going to be tough this week.
0: Okay, so uh, we got a many many power rankings. Uh, you and Courtney were having this discussion. I I know there's going to be controversial picks here. I don't even know how this came up, but go ahead, please. Yeah, we floor. were we were talking about
1: Courtney and I were talking about Top Gun before the, uh, the the pod started, and we started talking about our favorite '80s movies, and we were naming a whole bunch of them. And I put together my list uh, in order from number five to number one, not including Top Gun. Because we talked about it last week. So I wanted to mention some new ones. So, uh,
0: okay, but you're not going to have like dramas or whatever that just came out and no, the no, no, they no, don't no. really associate with the 80s. I'm thinking like synthesizers and sunglasses and feathered hair here. Yeah,
1: you you just wait. Uh, at number okay. five, the greatest
0: mm-hmm. golf movie of all
1: time, Cat Shack.
0: Yeah, so this is a great movie. I, I got it, it's grown on me over the years. I used to like Airplane a lot more. They both came out in 1980 um i always think of caddyshack though it's kind of like the tail end of the 70s so i don't but it is it is of all the movies you can name i don't care what else is on the list there's not going to be one supporting performance in any of the net movies you have on your list better than ted knight who ran the golf club There, oh, no that's way a
1: go ah
0: uh. i have a little poem <laughs> i'd like to say
1: <laughs> it's a really good one uh Number four, a movie that is both near and dear to
0: our <laughs> okay, Sorry. Pookie. Yeah, go ahead,
1: go ahead. I Sorry. never slice. All right, next one. <laughs> yeah. Uh First Blood, one of our favorite movies of all yeah. time.
0: I would, I would not call it an '80s movie, but I like First Blood better than any Rocky movie. Uh, it's my favorite Stallone movie. Um, I could watch this. If this movie, you know what this movie is? You're at home, right? And you go in your kitchen. You're like, you know what? I just want to, I want to destroy some cheese puffs okay and you turn on the tv and you flip past tnt and they're having movies for guys that like movies week and and first blood's already half the way through oh, i'm watching you'll the whole, still you'll still yeah. sit and watch it yeah. you know yeah uh Plus number David three caruso's in it sorry go yeah. ahead keep
1: going number three it's the redhead guy go ahead rocky three is my favorite rocky movie but rocky four is more of an 80s movie than rocky three there before rocky
0: four is my third movie on this list well, this is an easy one. First of all, synthesizers, check. Sunglasses? Feathered, feathered hair, check. Sunglasses, check. Downshifting 500 times, <laughs> check. And montages, a robot. How about three montages in this movie? It's so yeah, good. A, a robot that comes in and says, Happy birthday, Polly. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, climbing uh, a 20,000 foot mountain in one afternoon um in your (laughs) uh this movie there's a part of this movie that just feels like one giant vh1 music video you know anyway i mean actually now that
1: i think about i'm pretty sure there's four montages in this movie because you you get two training montages you get one uh montage of no easy way out when he's in the car and you get a montage during the uh the fight so there's four
0: and, and let me just tell you well not to mention does isn't the beginning of the movie show you the end of rocky three that's true which is so we got a five, montage
1: we got five yeah. of
0: them. <laughs> it's five um i don't know the next time you and your wife get into a fight about the driveway are you taking football too seriously or you know uh whatever it is you kids yeah. fight about i just want you to say this for me she says something and you go just look at her and go we wow! It's like they did at the press conference. Just, you know. Uh,
1: <laughs> so, it's like that.
0: Yeah. What's number uh, two?
1: The Breakfast Club. A quintessential 80s movie. Um, I thought about Ferris Bueller's Day Off here, but I, I enjoyed Breakfast Club more.
0: Okay. So I don't think that you really enjoyed this one the most. I think you're pandering to your you times base.
1: Do you know how many times I walked down in the hallway in school just put my arm up in the air like yeah. this?
0: <laughs> Who's the best character? Oh, Molly Ringwald. Yeah, Molly. What about Allie? Is it Allie Sheedy who plays the girl that's like got a dandruff and yeah. yeah? She's just a total mess. Um oof, that was a really good movie. I mean, the principal's role is phenomenal. Oh, Both yeah. principals, the principal in Ferris Bueller and the principal in this movie, great acting roles. Although I really love the principal in uh, this movie. Uh I think the principal in Ferris Bueller's might have been a creepo
1: oh yeah
0: he, he's um all right number yeah. one hold not on my, hold on hold oh, on hold on you don't you don't, you may not remember this but you you've seen die hard quite a few times yes right? of course the principal in breakfast club uh was the main detective LAPD detective mm-hmm. who like was kissing butt to the fbi guys and kept going come on pal he's probably just a depressed stockbroker he's pulling your chain remember that guy i do Yep. He's just like the kind of guy that looks like he's at your gym just putting tons of cologne on, butt naked. You ever have that guy at your gym? You're like, bro, can you like go? Well, that's why some- I talked about this with Top Gun last week. Like, was this just a thing that everybody just talk- st-
1: stood around in their towels all the time and just communicated with each other? I,
0: I, I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. know. That guy had perfect frosted gray tip hair. Okay. Next up. It's like, I uh number one,
1: not my favorite uncle, or sorry, not my favorite, um, uh, John Candy movie of all time but I feel like The Great Outdoors is the best 80s movie ever
0: it is very very 80s style comedy uh, it's like a combination of situation and slapstick um, I mean dude the old 96er restaurant scene I was,
1: I was gonna say is... that's that the most rewatchable scene in the entire show <laughs> that's
0: that's a that's a pretty good one you when know he was I the think... meat sweats <laughs> Oh, and they keep cutting back to the last piece of fat on the plate. Um, Oh, you just got gristle left. Fat and gristle. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking, you know, when I think 80s movies, I think of Breakfast Club and 16 Candles. Those are Mm -hmm. like quintessential 80s movies. And obviously Ferris Bueller's is another one. My personal favorite 80s movie is probably, probably Risky Business but there's quite a there's quite a few that we you know you could just name on like splash was a big 80s movie if you ever saw that with um tom hanks wasn't big did you ever see big of course um i'm I'm just trying to think of a of a couple more here oh can't buy me love would be another uh big 80s movie revenge of the nerds uh the the original old school um Fast Times oh, at Richmond oh, High. Weird science, weird science in Fast Times. Or fast Times at Richmond High. That would be like a Hall of Fame eighties movies. But I, I, I like your. What about years. what about Ghostbusters? Yeah. I mean, yeah. E. T. Is that an eight? A- I mean, I, you know that to me. That's what's a, hard. It's, it's like classic count, drama. Yeah, do you count that? What about Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? see now i think that's an 80s movie when i think of like 80s dramas there has to be an 80s flair to it like cocktail just feels yeah. so 80s i to mean me. i mean you know the one that we're missing
1: that everybody's going to be just yelling at. it's like dirty dancing but nobody likes that movie
0: oh i thought you were gonna say red dawn <laughs> no no nah, that's sad Dirty
1: dancing what, is just wildly what's the overrated.
0: movie somebody tell me on twitter What's the movie with Val Kilmer? There's two Val Kilmer movies besides Top Gun. There's Top Secret, which is a really funny comedy. But there was another movie where he's like a kid genius, and he goes to college, and his professor is- Real uh, genius. I, real genius. Okay, yep. doggone it. You've seen that movie? hmm Okay, I haven't seen it all the way no, I'm a Edward, huge Val fan. Edward Scissorhands, I think, is 1990. I'll give you one last one. Sure. This was a very weird movie, but kind of like the Great Outdoors, it kind of stands on its own. Like Great Outdoors is like a really unique comedy. Beetlejuice yeah, yeah. is an 80s movie is a very yeah. unique comedy. Yeah.
1: Now I, I thought about including The Shining because we both like the Shining. It's yeah, not that's, an eighties movie. That's like that's nineteen eighties. Eighties horror to me would be
0: like a leprechaun or uh, you know. That's why I didn't include it though, because it's not really an eighties movie movie. Yeah, my brother made me watch this movie called From Beyond that came on the 80s. And this little thing comes out of people's foreheads like this. It was disgusting. Let's pull a football card. All
1: right. I got to grab them, though. Hold on.
0: Yeah. I'll talk while you're grabbing it. I really don't have anything to say. That's cool. So we'll just let Marcus grab his football cards. <laughs> yeah. Come on. What, what set are you going one. for? What box? Oh, what are we of it from? Of course. Oh my gosh, that's an old school. What do you know what game that is? Can you see it? I can. That's Eric Davis. Used to I worked with Eric Davis for a uh, long time at NFL Network. But I can tell you the exact game that is, dude. That's the 94 NFC Championship right mm-hmm. there. You can tell, look at the Cowboys gear in the background. Look at his uh so the 49ers are wearing those jerseys that have the black um faded, what do you call it, like black shadow around the numbers? Mm -hmm. And the Cowboys, you can tell, are wearing the star on the shoulder pad jerseys that you like so much. Mm -hmm. Eric Davis scored the first touchdown of that game. Uh, Aikman threw a a pass to the right. He saw – Troy Aikman actually told me this. He goes, I saw the back of Eric Davis's jersey, which lets me know I can throw the ball. And he disguised his coverage, immediately turned around, picked it off, And uh, took it to the house, and Cowboys were down seven to nothing, like that.
1: Yeah. Uh, Also, talking a lot of junk on Twitter this week about the Cowboys. So there you go.
0: What do you want to pull another card to make up for it? No, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. I I was kind of hoping you'd pull like three. I want to see more than just an Eric Davis card. I mean, I feel like we deserve one more. We got one more on this. I want two more. I want you to grab two cards. I mean,
1: we could pull. We could pull like newer cards. But we'll we're only it. gonna pull. I, I just wanted. I, I want three you like. football Are you cards ready? Today.
0: Yeah, I want. I want two more cards. Let's go. What do we got? So, how do you feel about that?
1: I don't. I miss offensive lineman cards a little bit. So this is that. Um, is that, a,
0: is that a Alexander? Off- yeah, uh, it's it's Elijah it, Alexander. It, Elijah Alexander Broncos. Yep, wearing wearing a Broncos throwback. uh so the Broncos 60s throwbacks had orange helmets with a white Bronco. Um, really, really unique look. What do you think of that Broncos look?
1: I wish they'd bring these back. I, I, I like the orange helmets and the orange jerseys. They
0: look great. Yes. So the orange jerseys had a blue and white sleeve. They only wore those those uniforms from like 64 to, I want to say, like 67 or 8. They didn't wear them that long. Okay, yep. one more. Where's my last one? derrick carr uh what do you think about Derek carr and josh mcdaniels what's what's uh that's what kind of Derek carr card is that so uh, we can tell people it, this is a like football card it's a panini it's called an illusion card which i love these are my favorite cards right now they look looks so like awesome. it looks like the Bengals helmet superimposed behind yeah. him yeah. what what set was that action-packed 95 uh the ones that you
1: oh yeah i have those ones those are those are like uh they pop out of the card these ones
0: are just cool because Were the ones that you showed me the alexander and eric davis uh no these were 95 uh, something 95 fleer ultra yeah i could tell because all the teams in the league wore throwbacks in the 94 season because it was the 75th anniversary of the nfl so the 95 football cards have a lot of players in their uh throwbacks but Getting back to Derek Carr before we get out of here, yeah. what, what do you think about what's going on? There? Uh,
1: we got an article that came out from The Athletic today about his relationship with Josh McDaniels. Uh, and they said, I'll actually read the quote uh, from a player on offense. Josh calls everyone out. It's why he everyone talks about him being consistent. He would call out coaches, players. He would even call out the Waterboys, and Derek Carr didn't enjoy that. The Patriots' way of mindlessly going over every detail is now the Raider way. Josh is fair, and he will call out a player if they're not playing well. That was new for Derek. Uh,
0: I always give you the final thought on the podcast, which I'm going to do, but I just a reaction I I have to that is uh, I think I've been pretty consistent with you about this. In the real world, all of us, our listeners on our podcast, we have to compete. We have to put our resumes out there. We have to, if we don't do our job, I mean, maybe in Marcus's case, it's different. But if you don't do your job at work, you get replaced. You don't have uh, tenure like Marcus does on Locked On Cowboys. You know, so um, what? I don't have a problem with that. D- do you? I mean, you've got to be able to handle that. And um, if the Raiders, let's say, kept Derek Carr and brought somebody in to compete with him, that's part of life. Everyone else has to deal with it. And I talk well, about this with first round draft picks all the time. What's wrong with making them compete?
1: Yeah, I don't think you like quarterbacks that are coddled, and it seems like John Gruden maybe did that a little bit too much with Derek Carr, and that's why they, they mesh well. And I don't think Derek Carr necessarily um,
0: performs the best with super hard criticism. So maybe it's just not a great fit. I got to stop doing these podcasts hyper because my voice gets like this. I started getting all excited, so apologies, everybody. I'll go, I'll go back to Sam Elliott uh anyway do you have a final thought or no that's that my it? final thought we're good yeah okay we're out of here we it's like we're like 48 minutes deep it's time for us to roll but uh as always appreciate you guys uh good luck this weekend with your picks your pick and pull somebody sent me a note marcus that uh i helped them win their pick them league made me feel hey, very yeah. good i was i was happy about that uh marcus says go with the eagles over the giants so i'll back him on that but uh good luck to all you guys this weekend thanks as always and make sure you catch marcus on locked on cowboys Catch him covering the Raiders for USA Today and PFF.com. He's at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. I'm at Harrison NFL on Twitter, and we will talk to you guys later. Take care, everybody.